What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. I'm trying this new thing at the start of this week. So to give a little context, it is Monday around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And for somebody like me who works for themselves um, all day with the gym and with the coaching and everything that I do, it's easy for me to get super scatterbrained in everything that I do each and every day. And then like I'll start on a project, not finish it, go to another project, not finish it. And then I just feel like I'm in this whirlwind of like just treading water and not getting anywhere in my day today. So today's the first day that I've tried blocking, making time blocks for everything that I do to try to give me more of a of like a schedule on the daily to actually complete tasks, dedicate a certain amount of time to a task and then move on to the next task. Cause for somebody like me, I'll get started on something and then I'll get so anxious that I need to hurry and have it completed so that I can start on the next thing. And then it just turns into this roller coaster effect. And I feel like I just never end up getting every anything done and transferring from having like a normal job where I have normal duties that I have to do every single day that are given to me and into this to where I really get to make up every single day what I do. It's up to me how productive or how unproductive that I want to be. It's super crucial that I find something like this because I find myself going a little bit crazy. I start getting anxiety if I'm not being as productive as I feel like I should be and then like talking down on myself and all this kind of stuff happens. So that's a long rant to open this thing up, but I am now implementing time blocks to where I set apart like two to three hours for certain things and then I go and tackle as much of it as, as I can and then I'll come back to it the next day to do it as well. So if you're somebody out there that, and it, what I'm getting to is that it's only one o'clock in the afternoon on the first day and I already feel like I have a game plan. Like I have some structure to what I'm doing so I know I'll complete things with time and I don't have to have the anxiety and like hang on to it in my head to know that I need to complete it because I'll just be able to go back to my schedule and know that tomorrow I've got time to do it. The next day I've got time to do it like these blocked out times. So instead of like getting wasting a bunch of time opening up social media, looking through Instagram and getting stuck in that whole thing that a lot of us do. I tend to do that too. I'll go down the rabbit hole in social media and look up and be like, holy cow, it's been an hour and I've just wasted that amount of time. So I do feel like this is helping already. I don't know why I wanted to open up with that, but that's where we're going with this thing. Like I said, it is Monday today. We are filming a Q&A podcast. So I've got a lot of questions over the last couple of weeks and I haven't filmed a Q&A. So that's exactly what we're going to jump into today. I'm excited about it. I've got a, a few really good questions I think are going to help a lot of people out there. You've probably already seen some of them in the title. So let's just hop into these questions. All right. Question number one is a great question that I think a lot of people wonder about and have a hard time incorporating into their fat loss plan. So at the fat, at the end of a fat loss plan, you've got to have a plan for the diet that's after the diet, meaning going up to a maintenance, which maintenance is, is basically just sustaining the progress that you've made. So if you've lost 10, 20 pounds you, to get back up to a maintenance level, you increase calories over time to end up reaching a maintenance to where you can just maintain the results that that you've created from your hard work of the fat loss phase that you're in. So with that context, this girl's question is how do I figure out my maintenance calories and how to know it's correct? So what you do to get back up to a maintenance is basically called a reverse diet after you've lost the amount of weight. So let's say you wanted to lose 20 pounds. Let's say you've lost that 20 pounds. You, to lose it, you had to go into a caloric deficit. So you're eating less calories every single day than what your body burns. So to maintain that, we want to push your metabolism back up. Not your metabolism. We want to push your calories 
back up to a maintenance level and push your metabolism to its fullest capacity to get it healthy. Because as as you lose weight, your metabolism starts to adapt to what you're doing, to the amount of food that you're eating. So your metabolism automatically slows down. Your body doesn't want to, to lose weight for the rest of its life. So it's going to try to adapt to that. Now, your metabolism adapts to its environment, just as I stated. So as we bring calories back up, your metabolism will begin to adapt to those higher amounts of calories so that you can maintain the progress that you've made at a higher caloric intake. We're going to push you back up to a maintenance and push that maintenance as high as possible so you can be eating as much food as possible inside of your day-to-day to have better hormone health, to help with your hunger cues, to have better performance inside of the gym, and just have a better overall life really so you're not eating such low calorie all the time. So how do you get to that point to up calories once you're done with the fat loss phase is basically what she's asking. And the question to that is quite simple. Simple but but complicated actually. It, it's very highly individual. There isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. But what I'll give you is a general approach that that I would give without having individual info about your fat loss phase, how long it took, um, what your biofeedback's looking like, how hungry your how what your hunger levels are like, what your sleep's like, how high your stress is, what your training looks like. All those different factors will play a key factor into how fast you should work back up to a maintenance level of calories. But let's say you've been on like a a 12 to 24 week fat loss phase or whatnot. My initial response is what I would do to that. Somebody that's lost it, say around 15 to 20 pounds between 12 to a 24 week period. If that's the case, I would look at your first initial bump. I would bump up around 300 calories. And from there, what you're going to see is you're going to see an initial gain in weight right off the bat in that first week. Now, it's important to understand that's not necessarily fat gain. What happens as you stay in a caloric deficit for a super long amount of time is that your glycogen levels get get really low, your water levels get lower, you're not eating as much food, so you're just automatically lighter from these factors that don't necessarily just involve fat gain, fat loss. So as we start eating more food, your your weight's going to go up roughly Probably anywhere from one to, to three pounds. What you got to understand is that's just extra food. It's extra extra food that your body has to digest. It's your glycogen stores filling back up. And it's your body holding on to a little bit more water through a higher sodium intake and these things that aren't necessarily fat gain, but they're a part of the process. When you go into a, a maintenance, generally that initial first week with a little bit of a bump, you're going to gain a few pounds. But what we can do is once we gain a little bit of that weight, you understand why you've gained it. It's not necessarily fat gain. It's just your body filling back out. Then we slowly up calories from there from week to week, depending on your feedback and what happens. So after you've done that, you've, you've taken on that little bit of initial weight gain after that first bump of 300. Then each week I would look at going anywhere from 50 to 100 calories per week. And I would work that up slowly from week to week. And what I would do, depending on on how high I would go each week, would be dependent upon your feedback. So what's happening with your weight? If your weight's just maintaining, you're not gaining, you're not losing, it's it's just hovering, then I'll I'll do slight increases. I'll try and bump it a hundred. Once I bump it a hundred, we we'll do that for a week. Then we'll get your weight for the week, see how you're feeling, what your weight comes back in. If your weight maintains and you don't gain any weight, well then I'll do another bump and I'll repeat that process until I get to a point where your body starts gaining a little bit of weight. Now, once you do that, then you understand you're in a slight caloric surplus. Then I'll pull that back just slightly within like a week's time to leave you right at that top of that maintenance. So we did it super slow to let your metabolism build up so that we can almost get away with eating more food over time 
because your metabolism is adapting to that higher caloric intake to where let's say if you're eating, let's say if you're in a, in a, a big deficit right now, you've lost 20 pounds. Let's say your maintenance is, is was somewhere around 18 to 1900 calories before the diet. Let's say you're eating 1200 calories on the diet, which is low. I'm just throwing these numbers out here. They're not actual numbers. Well, your, your body's going to adapt to that number of calories. It's going to try to adapt to that lower amount. It's going to slow down. So if you go back to eating that 18 to 1900 calories, that's no longer your maintenance. Your maintenance is lower because your metabolism is adapting to its environment, that lower caloric intake every day. So the reason that we go slow and work your calories back up to a maintenance level is to let the let your metabolism adapt as we go back up. So I hope that makes sense. I would start initially add an extra 300 calories to your, to your caloric intake. From there, each week I would add 50 to 100 calories, take your feedback, what's happening, and then you know how fast to adjust each week to work back up to that maintenance. And once you start gradually gaining weight every, like you gain weight in a week after that initial bump, then you know you're probably hitting into a surplus and you pull calories back slightly and then you're going to sit right there in that maintenance and be able to enjoy your results. So I know that's a long answer. It's kind of a complicated question because there's a lot of different factors that go into it because it's super individual um, to each person and, and what their strategy has been to lose the weight in the first place. But that's a kind of a broad answer. And then you can go in and, and individualize it to, to what you need. So I hope that that helps. Question number two comes from somebody that actually left it inside of my, my DM. So if you have a longer question, you're, you're more than welcome to always leave a question inside my DM. I'll always get back to you. I usually respond through video just cause it's faster. And I feel like I can give you a better answer through video than trying to type out a big long message. So if you guys ever have questions, feel free, reach out to me via DM and I'll shoot you back a video explaining um, what my answer would be and, and help you out the best that I can. And then I'll bring some of those questions here on the podcast too to help out as well. And that it provides me with some content to be able to, to record podcasts on and I can help you as much as I can inside of your own journeys with the questions that you have. So his question is, hi, I'm trying to lose weight and currently I've been going to the gym every two days. When I go to the gym, I do about three miles on the treadmill at various inclines. Any tips on dieting or exercise? I've been getting bad shin splints. So first and foremost, you just need to understand the basics, which are dieting-wise, you've got to put yourself into a caloric deficit. So you've got to understand that you've got to eat less calories every single day than what your body burns if the plan is to lose fat. And you have to be consistent with it. That doesn't mean you can do it for like three or four days out of the week and expect to get the results that you want. You have to consistently do it for a given amount of time, two, three, four months, depending on how much fat you lose, to actually make the progress that you want to make. So understand that first before you start thinking about healthy foods, um, bad foods, and all these different types of things, fattening foods, foods that help you lose fat. None of that stuff's really the case. You just need to understand that calories are what matters most. You have to get yourself in a caloric deficit. Number two, you need to be eating enough protein to hold on to the lean tissue that you have so that as you're in that caloric deficit, you're going to lose fat and not just weight to end up with that skinny fat type of look that a lot of people end up doing because they're not eating enough protein or incorporating any resistance training, which is point number three. You've got to make sure that you're resistance training. For If you're a beginner, it sounds like you are because you're just going in and and using the treadmill, I would look at doing two to three full body sessions per week. So I would honestly cut the treadmill back to one or two times per week for maybe like a mile each and put most of your focus into strength training. What that's going to do is help you be able to build lean tissue, which is going to help your metabolism be able to ramp up so that you're going to be able to lose fat on a higher amount of calories to be able to make it more sustainable. As well as when you add lean tissue to your frame, you're actually going to look better as you lose fat. So what you want to do is you want to focus on a you need seven different types of variations. And I would, I would train all of these variations around twice per week. So you're getting in, well, 
once to twice per week, not twice per week, but, but you want to hit your full body two to three times per week. So I would make sure you're doing some sort of a horizontal press, some sort of a horizontal or a horizontal row, a vertical press, a vertical row, a hip hinge, some sort of squat variation, and some sort of sort of single leg squat variation as well. So instead of worrying about going and doing like a bunch of arm curls or tricep pushdowns or pec deck flies, take those main compound movements. Again, I'll say them one more time for you. A vertical press, a vertical row, a horizontal press, a horizontal row, a squat, a hip hinge, and a single leg squat variation. Those movements will hit your entire body. So pick different exercises within those movements to perform um, two to three times per week inside of a full body split and you'll be golden to get started. A lot of people have a misconception that like as you get started, they think the more you do, the more you, the, the better it's going to be and the better results you're going to get. So they think I need to go to the gym five, six, seven days per week. I can't miss any days. I need to eat super healthy. When in reality, if you'll just take a step back, get yourself into a caloric deficit, starting eating somewhere between 0.75 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight, and doing two to three full body strength sessions per week, maybe with one to two cardio sessions added in there as well, but those aren't as, as important as the strength sessions. You're gonna start making the progress that you want to and losing a decent amount of weight every week, which is gonna get you more motivated to want to learn more about what you're doing to, to take con- complete control of your body composition and make real long lasting change for yourself. So I hope that makes sense. Start with the deficit. Start strength training instead of just focusing on cardio and eating enough protein every single day, and you'll get headed down the right path to produce the results that you want to produce. All right, moving on to the next question they asked in one of my story Q&As. They said, will you compete? So meaning am I going to compete? Probably in like a, a bodybuilding show, I'd imagine, is what they're referring to. That's a good question. For a long time, I thought that I would get more into competing and compete the older that I got. But now that I I am older, I have a family, um, I'm running a couple of my own businesses, it doesn't make a lot of sense to try and go compete in some sort of a show right now. Now, I'm still super into to nutrition and exercise. I train four or five times a week. I'm still consistent with my nutrition. I count my calories most of the time. At this point, it's kind of a little bit more intuitive just because I understand what my body needs and I can eyeball calories a lot more than just weighing them out every single day. But I keep myself in relatively good shape and I'm, I'm still aiming to get stronger in the gym, put on some muscle. But so long story short, at the moment, I'm not really in a position that that I'm too focused on ever doing a competition or anything like that. Now, down the road when things slow down and I'm not trying to grow my businesses as much, I'm more in like a chilled state. Um, kids are a little bit older, mid-30s maybe, mid to late 30s, and I've put on a, a lot of muscle. I've, I've My mat- muscles really matured. I've pretty much maxed out all the muscle my body's going to be able to put on. Maybe at that point it'd be fun to do some sort of a competition or something. Now, going up to that powerlifting is something that's kind of gotten my focus the last while something that it just intrigues me I love the fact of getting stronger and going into the gym and and pushing numbers and trying to get stronger and stronger so I can see in the next two to two to five years one to five years really in that time really focusing on strength and maybe getting into powerlifting a little bit then as I get older just because that's more strength and and performance focused and not so much nutrition what you have to understand with nutrition is that anybody that competes it's a huge it's a huge commitment. And if you're going to do it, you have to take it extremely seriously. And it restricts your life big time. It restricts your family life, your social life. Everything has to start revolving around food and what you're doing to make sure that you're producing the results so that you look the way that you need to look 
to get on a stage to actually be competitive. I don't want to just go compete just for the, the fun of competing. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it. I want to be competitive because I've trained for so long. I want to make it worth it. But powerlifting, where I was going with this, is more of a performance-based sport to where it's just all about your actual training in the gym. There's not as much sacrifice with the nutrition. You can properly fuel yourself and not worry about it as much. So that's something that intrigues me in the next few years to potentially get into. I've, I've played around with a few different powerlifting um, type programs and stuff. And right now I'm following a program from one of my good buddies, Jeremiah Bear, his lean program that he came out with just a while back. So I've been following that for the last eight weeks. I've got one more block on that, which is like a bodybuilding more type program. But after this, I'm probably going to jump back into more of the powerlifting type programming and potentially end up doing one of those meets at some point. And then later on down the road, um, like I said, maybe I'll, I'll do a bodybuilding show, a physique show. Obviously I'm not a bodybuilder, but like a men's physique. So like in the swim trunks, most likely, and uh, possibly do one of those. But who knows? We'll figure that out when it comes. All right, let's go to the next question. What are the benefits of a trap bar deadlift versus a normal bar deadlift? So for those of you that don't know, a trap bar is a bar that's almost like a, I think they can call them like a hexagon bar too. Is that what it's called? Can't I can't remember. But a trap bar is a bar that you can like step in the middle of and the weight is centered across your body. Like it's got this a round thing that you step into and then you grab onto the sides of the bar to do the deadlift where a traditional deadlift is just a straight bar that's out in front of you. Now, the trap bar deadlift, in my opinion, is more of an, a full body exercise. It's going to hit a little bit more of your quads. Um, it's still going to hit your glutes, still going to hit some of your hamstrings, your upper back and everything, but it's going to hit more of your quads than the traditional. The reason being is the weight is centered across your body on a trap bar compared to a normal bar, the weight's out in front of you. So you have to, you hinge more at your hips, which is going to make you load more of your glutes, your hamstrings and your lower back. So the trap bar deadlift is more of a, it's like a stepping stool to the actual traditional bar deadlift. That's what, when I program it for somebody that's never done traditional deadlifts, if they have access to a trap bar, I'll have them use the trap bar first. I personally enjoy the trap bar at the moment. I've been using more of the trap bar than I have the traditional bar just as, as a switch up. And I've had some lower back issues and the trap bar doesn't put as much pressure on your lower back because it doesn't create as much of an angle because that bar is more centered across your body. The weight's more evenly distributed across your body. So you don't have to hinge back at your hips quite as much to put as much pressure on your glutes and on your lower back. So that's the main difference. The trap bar is going to include a little bit more of your, your quads than the traditional deadlift is going to include a lot more of your lower back and your glutes in the movement. Neither one is, is necessarily better than the other, but traditionally the trap bar is more of a, a beginner's exercise that moves you up to the traditional deadlift. How it usually works is if you're a complete beginner, we would start with like a kettlebell type deadlift. Then we would move to the trap bar deadlift. Once you get comfortable with that, then we would move to the, to the traditional bar if that's what you wanted. But like for people with lower back issues and different things like that, or just need more of an overall and a complete body movement, I would actually recommend you doing the trap bar just because it's going to hit more, more of your full body. Um, like if you're powerlifting or something like that, you obviously have to use a traditional bar. So it just kind of depends on what your goals are and what your experience level is. So, so yeah, hopefully that answers your question. All right, moving on to the next question. My daughter just walked through the door. So if you hear a little, a little kid screaming in the background, you know that it's her. I don't want to stop the podcast now though and come back and finish filming it. So we're just going to get through this two more questions I'm going to do today and then um, we'll shut it down. But if you hear her in the background, that is what it is. It's her running around. My mom, my mom, her mom, my wife is here for lunch. So, so yeah. Anyway, 
The question is, if I burn, for instance, 400 calories on a treadmill on an empty stomach, would I lose muscle like that? So basically they're asking, will I lose muscle from fasted cardio? And there's a lot of misconceptions about fasted cardio that it helps you lose fat faster. Then there's this misconception that you're going to lose muscle from it. When in reality, regardless of the time that you do your cardio, whether it's fed or whether it's done fasted, that's not what matters. What matters is the amount of calories that you burn from it to help you put you into a a deeper deficit to lose fat faster or whatever it may be. So, so the answer is no, you're not going to lose muscle from burning 400 calories on a, in a fasted state. Now you could add BCAAs, the branch chains, amino acids that are inside of protein as a supplement when you're doing fasted cardio, just to help mitigate this from the potential of having it happen. But more than likely, you're not going to lose muscle from doing fasted cardio. I'll do it sometimes. I don't use branch chain amino acids. I think it's kind of an overhyped product that you don't need. But as an insurance policy, you could use those at those times to support your muscle um, from losing any muscle and just burning fat from your fasted cardio. But it's kind of complicated and you can get into the weeds. Really, if you want to go do fasted cardio, go do it. Just make sure you're drinking some water. And once you're finished, you have a, a decent high-protein meal um, and you're going to be just fine. I wouldn't worry too much about it. But again, fasted cardio isn't going to help you produce more fat loss than doing cardio when you're fed. There's actually studies out there showing that if you'll do your cardio fed, you're actually going to have a higher output because you have energy in your body to produce a bigger performance, a better performance to burn more calories, which can actually end up equating to better results in the long term, which makes sense. If you have food in your body, you have you have energy that you can tap into quicker to be able to perform better um, at a better pace compared to if you have no energy in your body, um, your body, it's going to be a little bit harder to tap into energy stores to, to produce the performance that you want to. But I would argue that none is better than the other. Just do which one you like. And as long as you're, um, getting in enough protein every day, you're still resistance training consistently. You're not going to lose muscle from doing any fasted cardio. Okay. We're going to finish this bad boy off with one last question, which is another good one that I've I know a lot of people struggle with, especially when I bring any clients on. This is one of the main things that we have to work on when when first starting up together and adjusting to start producing the result that they want, especially when it comes to fat loss. So her question, she says, hey, I was wondering if you could answer a question for me. Absolutely. <laughs> I am having a very hard time with eating. I feel hungry all the time. I was wondering if you had any tips on how to curb your appetite or maybe even how to not feel hungry all the time. I do not eat very well. I work nights and I feel like that has made it worse. So first and foremost, you gave me a little bit of information saying that you don't eat very well, probably meaning that you don't feel like the food choices that you make are the smartest food choices. One of the easiest ways to make sure that you're not as hungry all the time as you're feeling is to start eating more protein in your diet because it it's digests a lot slower. It's a lot harder to digest and break down. So that slower process keeps you feeling fuller for longer, plus eating more fiber in your diet, which fiber doesn't break down and it digests very slowly as well, which again is going to help you feel fuller for a longer period of time. So including more lean meats like chicken, fish, um, even like a protein powder, um, red meat, all these different t- eggs, just different types of proteins that are going to 
that are going to digest slower is going to help make you feel fuller. So in making sure that you're including some sort of protein in every single meal that you eat is going to help make you feel fuller for a longer period of time. Like if you're just going to grab a bag of chips or something random like that, a little bit of candy or something that doesn't include any protein, your body's going to digest that pretty fast and you're still going to feel full afterwards as to where protein is going to mitigate that, slow down the digestion process, and you're going to feel fuller for a longer period of time and with fiber. So you can find fiber and they make all sorts of different like types of fiber bars now. There's a fiber one bar that that I used to eat quite a bit of, um, all of your, your green veggies. So... Um, like broccoli is going to have a decent amount of fiber in it. Sweet potatoes are going to have a decent amount of fiber in it. Including those types of foods at nighttime around your dinner time is something that's going to be super helpful as well. Just because it's going to digest slower, you're going to go to bed feeling fuller for longer and just make it a more enjoyable and sustainable process. As well as one key that I always implement and I encourage my clients to implement too that are going through fat loss phases is to include popcorn. Now, you can go to the grocery store and buy 100-calorie bags of popcorn that are decently high in fiber, and they're only 100 calories for a decent amount of popcorn. I'll eat two of these every single night after dinner. So it equals out to like – it's seriously like almost like a gallon of popcorn that I eat every single night before going to bed, and it's 200 calories, and there's a decent amount of fiber in there. So the volume of that whole gallon of popcorn – fills me up really well so that I don't feel hungry going to bed with the fiber and just the volume that it has so I can go to bed every night feeling satiated. I, I like the kettle corn flavor because it's salty um, with a little bit of sweetness in there to kind of um, curve both of those cravings for me. You don't have to get the kettle corn. You can get the different types. Um, it'll all work the same. There's a couple different brands. I really like the Jolly Pop brand. I get that at Walmart. Then there's like an overs or something like that i think i don't like that one as much it's not as good but but again both of those work those would be good options for you to use at night if you're feeling hungry doing 200 calories in popcorn is a good idea you have to find the right brands though they're the 100 calorie bags you have to look i think they market them as like health ones so it'll say healthy on the popcorn bag and everything and and they'll help out a lot but anyway yeah if you're trying to curve your your hunger definitely start adding more protein into your meals as well as whole foods for fiber and protein for a slower digestion to help you feel fuller for a longer period of time so that you're not always hungry. Again, too, another big problem with this is people eat not enough food. So it depends on how much food you're eating, too. I don't haven't seen your, your food intake or a food log to understand how much you're eating. You could What could happen is you could be eating really little amounts of food for a long period of time and then to overbalance that to um, once you are like so sick of eating that way and being hungry, then you have big overcorrections that cause big binge sessions that end up having you gain weight in the long term because the total caloric intake as a whole is a lot higher. And that's, that's happening because you're eating such a low amount for such a long time that it stints these big binges and overcorrections that actually end up making your progress worse in the long run that keeps you hungry and keeps you in this perpetuous cycle that's super hard to get out of. So if that's the case, I would look at upping your calories too. But again, I, I can't give you like the exact suggestion because I don't know your situation or I don't have a food log to see how much you've been eating and things like that again. So general recommendation, more protein, more whole foods to include more fiber, and you'll start feeling fuller from each of your meals to not always be hungry and make the whole process seem like it's a miserable, miserable process. So I hope you guys took some value from this episode. Like I said, my daughter just got here. I'm going to go play with her a little bit before I have to go back up to the gym to finish off the day. I appreciate you guys for listening. If you did take some value from this episode, I'd be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot of it, post it on your story, 
tag me in the story and I will shoot you back a message thanking you for listening to the podcast. I really like doing that to see who's listening and whatnot. It's just fun for me to, to see who's taking value from this and who's not. So I really do appreciate you guys. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon. 